Saluda mi gente. Welcome to the House of Liberation podcast. This is Kohena Ya, and this is the place where warriors gather to reclaim their essence. Woo! Or the fullness of their essence, really. Because I really get tired of the language that puts us at a deficit or like we're not there. And we're, we're such complex humans because we have the fucking most amount of contradictions ever. We're like, ah, uh, you must seek the thing. <laughs> and on the other side of that, uh, you already have it. You do not seek what you already have. I'm like, we're just full of, you know, shit as we try to figure out what makes the most sense. And the truth about that is actually that it's all the things and not just one of the things But in this platform, on this platform, what we're holding space is for liberation, for whom liberation for folks who have lived, embodied in all dimensions and in all areas, this, um, you know, we have it now, we have so much language now for things, but the warrior is a very distinct energetic and art and, um, archetype, right? It's like the energy of that and the archetype of that is really powerful medicine. And um, yeah, and so I recognize that the warrior has a lot of the connotations of, you know, battle, war. But if you are a person who has that energy moving through you, then you understand that it is. And this is what you're here to do, whether you're a warrior of love, of peace, of joy, of truth, of um, healing, you know, or even when we talk about wounds of origin, whatever you have come here to defend and to call into the light, let's say that um, I'm here to support our journey. I'm here to support us in this. So anyway, all right, back to today's message. Yes. So here's the thing about it is that And let's lease this up with being a warrior because I think that this is really a purpose for this. There are ways that we are also charged with uncovering the gems and uncovering truths that are medicine for us. And it's not a one-size-fits-all fits all. So I think this is what's important about being able to know yourself and know what you're, what you're committed to and who, right? Like, what are you, what are you taking a stand for, if you will? Because I think that when you understand and you have a context in that way, then you're better able to get the tools that are fit for you and for the work that you're committed to, right? And so thinking about what happens when as a warrior, we may have intersections of like, you know, the archetype of the prophet um, and, you know, visions begin to accompany our journey and um, unfold what we're here to be doing or the next move, right? And I think that there's ways that when we're asking or in like this idea of wanting to engage in a deeper relationship with the, the mystery, the great mystery, the divine mystery, and also like the medicine that we're needing for this time, this generation, or your particular work in the world. This cannot come out of a separate idea. What I mean by that is that your capacity to hold for a new vision, to hold for a, a 
an un- rather an uncovering of a truth or um, to hold for the dreaming is it's necessary for the integration of that to be entire and whole. And this is where sometimes it can get really tricky because it would be, especially for folks with the warrior archetype and, and coming from that particular like energetic resonance, there is this way that it's so much easier to quickly move into the defense of that which you have been charged with or to fight the battles of that which can harm the thing you're, you've been charged with keeping and, and watching over. And the thing about that is that what you're called here to do doesn't actually fully work, right? Like it's not fully embodied if you don't understand that you are a quintessential part of that. And this is, I, you know, I've struggled with this in some ways because it's so easy for me to move quickly into doing what I need to be doing in terms of, you know, the collective or in terms of a group, whatever I have space, you know, that I'm, I'm in space with and sacred space with. But what tends to happen is that there is whispers of a deeper invitation, invitation for you to come in, to draw yourself closer to the mystery, to uncover and expose hidden truths that first and foremost, you must build relationship with. And when you see the unseeable, right, the things that are not usually in your peripheral because your eyes are very focused on, you know, whatever is it that you're here to bring. When you see the unseeable, you will first be changed by it. To be entrusted with a vision is to be able to hold the multidimensionality of it. To be able to hold that movement must be very strategic in the execution, if you will, of the vision. Um, Wow, execution just landed really difficult on my tongue. (laughs) Anyways, when you need to do the things that you're called to do and that you have been charged to do, there is this understanding that you move, you know, instinct base. It's very gut-based, right? Like you understand, you have the strategy and it's clear to you. But when you're holding the dream, when you're holding the vision, you must first hold it for yourself. You must first disarm yourself in the sacred, secret place, right? Whether that's your meditation, your prayer, whatever that is for you, you must put down your armor and be entirely naked, be entirely open, be entirely um, undone, if you will, so that you can engage, so that you can face the vision, the dream, and the words, or whatever may come through, right? The images of whatever the next thing is, or whatever is needing attention and needing care. And so in order to do that, you must first, you First, you are the first one that's going to be called into the secret place. And really to be trusted with the vision is not is. And here's the part that often I'm amazed about because I don't quite. I really learned that I, I've for the most part as uh, as a person who's done a lot of trainings and a lot of work with folks around, um, you know, racial justice, emotional stuff, all 
a lot of things, right, in, in this, like, intersection. And one of the things that I don't understand is that is when people centralize themselves when what they're called to be doing in the con- this is contextual it's nuanced when they're called to be centralizing whatever the vision or the mission is right and it's interesting because we don't understand like the I'm going to use just work with some language here you, we we resist the requirements right <laughs> for something but we easily fall into we easily fall into just doing the external thing versus the internal thing. And what I mean by that is like allowing when I receive a vision, when I receive a dream, when something becomes clear to me that's very instinctual as a priestess, as someone who's had to lead space or hold sacred space. For me, the prioritization is the vision and the people, right? It's the dream and how to support people in receiving that versus what's going to be perceived of me, right? But here's the other side of that that's challenging. That actually is like a secondary kind of place to inhabit, a secondary stage, if you will. The primary stage is when I have taken my time to be with the dream, to be entrusted that as I receive these messages, these downloads, these channeled things, and I'm sharing them, that I am prioritizing and centralizing the dream and the vision, right? And offering support for the tools that are needed in order for people to integrate it and sit with it. But my job, my fidelity, my loyalty is to the vision and it's to the... um the process of dreaming or the process of seeding that vision, right? It's not to whether people agree or not, like or not. Those things are irrelevant. Although underneath what undergirds it is the transformation and the healing, right? Of the people, of ourselves, of each other. And so here, I'm going to pull back a little bit the curtain because what I want to focus on is what are you, what is the environment, the ecology that you're creating, the space to be with spirit so that your vision can be clear, so that the next steps, you understand the energetic, um, I want to say frequency, but I also want to say the energetic texture of what is coming next. Because sometimes we don't even know. Sometimes the dreams and the visions come over time or come as things unfold, right? And so what does it look like for you to create the space and also create the space to be in conversation with the vision, in conversation with dreaming, in conversation with the energy of prophecy? And also then secondary to that, how are you cultivating your relationship with the liberation that that vision and mission or the prophecy wants to bring forward, right? I think in order to honor the channel that you are, you have to honor the channel that you are, <laughs> right? And not and and not allow yourself to take for granted or 
to mishandle what is offered to you, knowing that when you're presented with that vision, you will be changed by it. You will not be the same. When things are unfolding in that way, that that all the dimensions are conspiring toward a vision, toward an actualization, toward a manifestation, if you will, although that word is really, you know, trippy, um, <laughs> to an embodiment in this dimension of the vision, you're going to have to understand that you first and foremost will be transformed by it. If you are not transformed by it, then we want to examine the ways that you've been cultivating relationship with it. So here I'm just going to bust out with a couple of examples, a couple of possibilities for you to consider, for me to consider as we look into what does it mean to hold prophecy? What does it mean to hold a vision? What does it mean to hold a dream? And in holding the dream, you're building with like you in the dream are, are, um, are integrating you in the dream are becoming one this very dream will be the thing that you become a warrior for and battling against the forces that that would you know that are are a polarity that is non-beneficial right um this is this will become part of the seeding of the world that we're creating literally right now and so being able to really understand and cultivate your relationship if you put, if you are the type of person who particularly has this type of energetic beacon in your lineage and like in your being where you are a dreamer and you are a seer i mean uh, so many things right where you prophecy holds for you as a gift how are you nurturing and cultivating that how are you spending time with that how are you building relationship? Can you be trusted to centralize the vision, to centralize what the vision, the impact of the vision on our collective versus whether you're getting approval versus whether everybody agrees versus whether everybody smiles. Now, there's a nuance to this because it's very specific to a person who's been given visions, dreams and right like in prophecies who has been given an eye to see things differently. And so you have to also, your own, I'm using so much old school language, your own checks, your, you have to have your own checks and balances to ensure that the integrity of the thing has been prioritized and not like your personal, your personal, um, your personal perspective, right? And what I mean by that, sometimes you're given visions and dreams and things that you can see coming on the, the the wings of the wind, if you will. And as you're seeing it unfold, you understand that your job, let's say we were talking about love. Let's say you're a warrior of love and that your, protect, your job is to protect and defend it. All of those wonderful good things, right? But yet the way you've cultivated relationship with the gift of love has often been either extractive, right? Where you just like suck and take or, um, you know, with fear, like there is a quality by which you engage the very gift, the very vision that can transform you, or you can, when you're coming at that from a wounded place, you can distort the vision and forget to prioritize that the vision is for all of us and it's for the people as well. Not your perception of the vision and this gets conflated a lot right like your perception of the vision 
What really has weight here is not so much the perception. It's not the mind's eye, if you will. It's actually the embodied feeling, the embodied experience, the embodied message, right? And when that comes to us and when that's ripe and full inside of us, we move differently when we're in that particular space, or at least I don't know about you. And so when you're receiving these things, what are you doing? How are you holding it? What are you prioritizing? Are you willing to follow? Are you willing to give space that you may not understand you may not understand quickly, but you will be in understanding. You may not have articulation for it, but inside your being, like inside your heart space, inside your belly, this is all processing and taking shape. And so the question is, are you ready? Are you ready for what you've been asking for? If you've been wanting to go deeper, are you ready to go deeper? But know that to go deeper also requires... I'm going to use the words right relationship between you and the gift, between you and the vision. And you can't skip that part. That's a really important. This is how we change the modern narrative of warriors back into their right alignment. Where we're no, lo- no longer looking at like they like like as warriors, we give it all away, but hold nothing for ourselves or give it all away or always in battle for so long fighting, you know, like people like to say, I'm fighting a good fight. No, Heffa, you fighting. All right. But you don't look like it's a good fight. It looked like it gone whipped your ass and you collecting yourself. And I think the time has long passed that we must shift it so that we can be trusted with a new vision or another iteration of a vision. And that you're building relationship with that yourself. So maybe you have a book where you're writing dreams, but also like these like nudgings that come to you in mid like occupation with something else. Or when you are tapped in and you feel the electric pulse of like a message coming through as well, right? Like what is the ecology? What is your personal ecology like? Can you be trusted? And are you okay with not being the same? Sometimes you are so long in your shit that you feel uncomfortable as all get out in changing because you've been known for something. What happens when you are no longer known for that thing? Every time you receive a vision, a dream, a revelation, I mean, we can go on. You will be changed by the thing if you allow it. When you are changed, to some you will be unrecognizable because that's how it must be. You must be unrecognizable to some. But for those who are meant to receive, who are meant to embody, who are meant, right, right, like all of those things, that they are the folks that will see you the most clearly. They are the folks that will be right there, two-stepping it with you and being in their own relationship while simultaneously becoming, if you will, the next layer, the next generation of warriors, right? Because they are coming up in their rising themselves. This is important stuff and it's big medicine. So I hope that you are actually taking the time to craft a way in which you show readiness and willingness and lots of generosity to build relationship with the vision, the dream, and the prophecy. I'll talk to you next time. This is Kohenet Yah. 
I hope that today's message has been beneficial, brought to you by the Neviah, prophetess, the prophetess, uncover and expose hidden truths. So thank you so much and talk to you soon again. Adios.